Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, my name is Bryce Watts, and this is the NF Ladies Podcast. This is a podcast where I talk exclusively to the women in the NFL to learn about how they navigate this life in the league. The players are always the ones in the spotlight, but I want to highlight the women who are the support systems behind the scenes. Let's do it. Welcome back to episode 30 of the NF Ladies podcast. I'm here with guest Jasmine Whitaker. Hello, Jasmine. Hey, how are you? I'm amazing. Thank you for asking. So why don't you start us off just by telling us who you are, who your significant other is, how long you guys were in the league, what teams you were on, and how you met. Okay. Hi. Uh, I am Jasmine Whitaker. My husband is Fozzy Whitaker. He uh, was a running back. He's now retired. Um, he was in the NFL, or we were in the NFL, you know how that is, uh, seven mm-hmm. seasons. Um, he played for the Arizona Cardinals, the San Diego Chargers. I always say that's going to age us because uh, we were in San Diego. The Cleveland Browns, and his longest stint was five years that he did with the Carolina Panthers. And you saying the, the San Diego Chargers, I'm like, yeah, they are in San Diego. What do you mean? And, oh, no, not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> What what was your favorite place out of all of those? I actually loved um, the Panthers, the Carolina. I am a Texas yeah. girl. We're from Texas. Um, we met at the University of Texas, actually. So being so close to the South, being in the South, that was for me. Um, you know, Cali was just, people say, you didn't love San Diego. And I'm like, I loved it, like to visit, but I loved living in Carolina. This, the income tax is also brutal down here, so... <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Are you in uh? And you're in Cali? Yes, I'm in Southern California. That's where everybody comes and works out. But we're both from California, so this is where we're living. So we got to deal with it. Yep, yep. I hear that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so why don't you tell us? You said that you met in college. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about how you met? What was the first meeting like? Give us the story. Um. So our first meeting. Um. I think it wasn't great. Um. <laughs> I actually was working a bake sale in college in the summertime and he was a scholarship athlete at the University of Texas. Mm. And I asked him if he wanted to buy something from my bake sale. He told me he didn't have any money and I responded, "Uh, you're a scholarship athlete. I know you have a stipend, (laughs) so I know you have money. This was college, Jasmine. (laughs) And he was just like taken back and um, he, I left the bake sale and apparently he came back later and donated all of the change in his car. Um, and I saw him at a pool party um, a couple of days later and he tried to give me a hug and I did not hug him. I hugged some of the other football players that I knew. I didn't really know him. And then he messaged me on Facebook and was like, hey, if I did anything to like offend you, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I was like, why would you offend me? I don't even know you. <laughs> he like invited he was like oh okay cool so then he invited me to a movie and then I just went because why not you know in college you just kind of date around yeah. so I went and I guess you know almost 10 years later here we are 
That's very interesting because I feel like I'm the same way. Like, why are guys always going in for hugs? Like, shake my hand, dab me up like you do the boys. Like, don't touch me. I like, don't, I don't know, know you. Know you. Yes! And I was in a swimsuit. It was a pool party. Like, back up. <laughs> That's so funny. Dude. And the fact that he was like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry if I offended you. are like, no, I just don't know you. That's it. Yeah. Like, you didn't do anything. But just That's don't come it. up to random girls and, like, try and give me a hug. Right. But if you want to pay for a free movie and dinner, like, I'm down. <laughs> College number up. <laughs> exactly. So, wait, what movie did you guys see? Um, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Which is horrible. Which is probably why we, like, stayed dating longer than I probably would have. Um, he's a movie connoisseur. And so when the movie was terrible, he was like, okay, I have to take you to another movie because I have to redeem myself. And so we went to go see another movie called Drive, which was also horrible. And so then he was like, okay, I'm going to invite you to my house now for the third movie because I'm going to pick the movie this time. And then I had my Delta, um, Delta Sigma Theta. I had an event the night he was trying to invite me to his house. And I remember telling my sorority sisters, like, hey, I'm not trying to go. And he's here at the event, like, like. I'm going to clean up late. Like, y'all keep telling him that I have to go. This man stayed until the event was fully over, helped us clean up, and waited on me so that I could follow him to my house. I mean, to his house, sorry. To his house. We watched the movie. It was it was good. It was scary. I can't even remember which one it was. And he asked me if I wanted to sleep the night. And then I was like, uh, no. And he's like, you can sleep on the couch. Like, I'll sleep in my bed, sleep on the couch. And I was like, uh-uh, no, I'm not staying here. And I drove all the way back across town, terrified because I hate scary movies, <laughs> to my sorority sister's house because I was a good girl. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, and also, what would be the point of you sleeping on the couch and he's in the bed? It's like, why would I even, I'm going to go sleep in my bed. My bed. But I had to go to my sorority sister's house because I was actually scared to sleep alone. <laughs> to go sleep with her. <laughs> like, no, I just, I have something in the morning. I'm not scared. I don't care. I don't, whatever. <laughs> oh, but yeah, it, he's just, he's a great guy. He's always been a great guy. Um, which knowing him now, marrying him now, he definitely would have either let me sleep on the couch or in the bed and he wouldn't have tried to touch me or anything. And it would have been great. <laughs> I didn't know him yet. It showed that he really wanted to go after you, really liked you. You weren't giving him anything. You're like, no, nah, if you like me, like keep coming because I am not going to give you that hug. Like you don't know me. So you got to work for it. I always said that like, you know, he didn't really give me a reason to not like him. So he just kept kept going until I finally liked him. He just kept being there. I feel like that's like the premise of these romantic comedies. Like he was just there and, you know, I fell in love with him. Exactly. <laughs> Definitely. So romantic. He got me. I, I thought you were going to tell me that he was like a, a terrible movie connoisseur because I am also like not Sharknado, but like Zombievers, like sign me up. I'm all for it. Like if it's supposed to be bad, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I no, wonder if he, he would buy into that. Okay. <laughs> I wonder. I'm going to ask him now. You know, we can switch it up. Let's see. Yeah, let's watch Send me more. some. It's scary funny. Okay. Send me some of those recommendations. Okay. We'll, we'll start to watch them. My boyfriend's like, I will not watch this movie with you. All my college friends would be like, Bryce, no, you do not get to pick the movie. We're not watching Zombievers. Like, we're going to watch Bridesmaids or something. I'm like, fine. Never okay. heard of Zombievers. Oh, it's, awesome. nobody has. It's it's the best movie that nobody's ever heard of. But I do want to kind of tell everybody out there why 
I really wanted to talk with you. It's because of a comment that you left on one of my posts. And I actually wrote it down so like I wouldn't miss anything. Um, so this is what made me want to reach out to you and you talking about everything that you guys took advantage of when you were in the league. So you said, we used the NFL to make sure we were set for life after the NFL. And it was the smartest thing my husband and I ever did. I could go on and on, but him getting his master's degree on his collegiate scholarship dollars, me getting one after his rookie contract, then him using his time on IR at the end to network and work in broadcasting, all lined up out for life after the NFL. It's a grind, but you can make it out hitting the ground running. And there are so many points in there that I was just like, I need to talk to her. I need to get the scoop and like figure out what we need to be doing now because there are resources available if you take advantage of them and if you know what they are. So tell me a little bit about that. Like, let's dive in. Okay, I guess we can do it chronologically. Football players and stuff have a five-year scholarship. Hmm. Um, And so if you work it the right way, which is what he did, you can get a master's degree on top of it. You know, you have to be in school to keep your eligibility. And so he talked to his counselors really early undergrad um, with in three years. Um, and then he used the second two years of his eligibility to actually get a master's degree in kinesiology. Um, so his undergrad degree is in corporate communications and his master's degree is in um, kinesiology. Um, he currently works for the Longhorn Network, which is an ESPN um, broadcast network. So he is a sports analyst there. He also works for Sirius XM Radio for um, the big and for the SEC network, as you know, our horns are going to the SEC. Um, And we own a gym. Um, Those are, you know, some of the things that we do now. And so um, when he was in the NFL, we made a decision, you know, would I follow him and come, which a lot of ladies do, because it's really hard to kind of live that like by yourself life. I had a six month old, we had a baby. Um, and we decided that because at the beginning of the episode, he was kind of what you call an NFL journeyman um, at the beginning. And so he was, you know, on three different teams in one year. So we were like, it's probably not the smartest thing to keep going with him, especially with the baby, if this is home. So every time he gets released from a team, he has to come home. We don't have anywhere to go. Um, And so I decided to go to grad school um, instead. And so we said, you know what? We don't know how long it's gonna last. You never know how long it's gonna last. So go to grad school, get your degree. Um, And so if he, you hear about a lot of players that are finding their way after the NFL, which is perfectly okay, that it's a big transition, but we wanted one of us to at least have a foundation um, if he was finding his way for a little while. So I went to grad school, got my master's degree um, in higher education administration. So I'm actually also um, a director of education and equity at an African-American nonprofit here in Austin. Um, And so I went, got that degree. And when I was done, it was a two-year program. When I was done, um, he was in Carolina. He had played two seasons. Um, got his second um, contract, and I decided to move me and my son to to Charlotte um, with the Panthers. So while in Charlotte, um, I also networked with a lot of the um, colleges out there just to kind of see what you know schools were doing, volunteering my time because I had this degree, and mm-hmm. we know that 
some of the data shows that women, especially the longer we're out of work, the harder it is to kind of re-enter the workforce. Really? Yes. Um, a lot of that is very, um, a lot of sexism in the workplace. Um, and so the bigger that gap, the more, the harder it is to return. And so uh, I wanted to make sure that I still had transferable skills, which is something he also wanted for himself. So every off season, um, he would actually come home and volunteer or do some shows with the Longhorn Network because he knew he wanted to be in sports broadcasting. Um, and so he would um, do that um, with the Longhorn Network. They would bring him on. They would do all those things. And um, he really got his foot in the door with them then with ESPN. Um, and fast forward to 2018, I believe it was 2018, he tore his ACL for the second time. So when he tore his ACL for the second time, he was now in season six. Um, as a running back, you know, they say what the average is, what, 3.24 years or something like that in the That's NFL. Crazy for running right. backs. Right. Exactly. So he tore his ACL for the second time. Um, we were like, okay, you know, what are we doing? You're on IR. Um, how are we going to spend our time on IR? So he did two things. A lot of players go home um, on IR, um, and that's not what he wanted to do. His idea was, if we leave, you know, the team doctors no longer have their eye on you. And so you can't show them your progress, and they can say all kinds of things. Um, and so he wanted to stay with the team. So what he did was he actually contacted the news station that covers the Panthers games and started to cover game day for the Carolina Panthers with um, the local news station. So he was on air every you know Sunday with the local news station covering um, the Panthers. Um, that led him to also be contacted by um, a radio station, a local radio station for Sirius XM that covers the Panthers and they wanted him to do weekly shows um, and so he used that opportunity when we retired, he came and he had a resume, which is something that a lot of players I think don't have. I think it's sad because you spend so many years in leadership, you know, using your body, using, they're so much more intelligent, I think, than people give them credit for, especially seeing my husband as a journeyman at first and having to learn a new playbook so that you can play in five days, like, it takes so much intelligence, but how we're not taught how to write that on a resume. Mm -hmm. We're not taught how that transfers to life after football. And so when we got back, he had a year of broadcasting and radio broadcasting under his belt. Um, the NFL also started to send him, uh, do, they do like business um, seminars in uh, like California actually, or there's different, um, programs that we can go to for broadcast. Um, awesome. And so he, he's gone to some of those also. You can do those through the NFLPA, really um, utilizing that network that he he was able to get through playing to soon as he kind of retired, he had a job with ESPN and SiriusXM. So I've never heard that journeyman. Is that an actual like term that they use for somebody who jumps on multiple teams? Yeah, that's something that they they use for a lot of those players. Yeah. Well, we're we're a journey couple. We did the whole <laughs> right. thing too. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Is so how is it? I mean, it's 
crazy. He was still with the Panthers, like interacting with the Panthers, just through a different medium, through a different channel. How was that? Because you, you in turn also got to see like a whole nother side. He was recovering, doing the IR stuff, but also like working a job still while he was coming back to another job. Like what was that? Like, I'm sure he was busier than ever. So like everything's on you. Oh yeah. <laughs> super, super busy. I think what people don't realize too is the studying that goes into the actual broadcast. Yes. Um, it's not just waking up and talking about the team. Now he's studying from a different perspective. He is um, having to figure out different positions. And it was really funny to see there are certain things that he would know for a fact because he's on the team, he's mm -hmm. in the rooms, but he couldn't say it on air. Right. And so then oh, they would okay. ask questions and he would study. Like if someone got hurt and they were marked as questionable, but he knew for a fact that they weren't going to play, he would have to know those things so that he wouldn't slip up and say, oh, no, they're not playing, you know. And so it was really cool seeing him study and study film in a different way um, to be able to talk about it on air. Um, and something that I also super respect about my husband, too, is that. I think that a lot of broadcasters can be kind of kind of harsh and kind of hard on a team and yes. players. And I really respect that, you know, these were his brothers. Um, this, these were, this was the team. And so, you know, he might say that we can improve, we can do certain things, but he was always, you know, kind of their hype man too. And he was always super excited to see them play on Sunday. So I'm also super proud of seeing that aspect of him too. Yeah, and when you're talking about, like you said, your brothers or your family or your sisters, like you're not going to say anything bad. Like even on here, like the podcast, I'm always just saying like, oh, it's unfortunate. Oh, that's rough. Like I'm not going to be like, yo, what was that pass that he made this last Sunday? Like I'm not going to talk smack. Like I might right. hit them. We might be on the same we team. We might know them. Yeah. Exactly. So how was that like for you when he was doing all that stuff, like behind the scenes? Because you probably were taking on more than ever. Oh, yeah, super busy. Um, because at one point, you know, he had an ACL energy, so he couldn't even drive. <laughs> yes, so uh, I had a so we ended up having a baby during this time. So we had two kids at this point. Um, and so I was driving him to and from the stadium, picking wow. him up, dropping him off at the studios. Um, I would you earlier you saw my son run in here he's always kind of been in the mix everywhere so we'd be in studio sitting down and i'm like right ch chasing a child around like the background of the studio like, <laughs> like daddy's on here daddy's on here <laughs> just keep the uh the sanity it's kind of like i don't know they're just so excited um the one thing i always have in the back of my head is when that Steph Curry when his daughter when Riley was like going crazy during that one interview yes, I'm like people don't realize that this is what it is like these kids get around their dads and they're just like you're chasing them around um you know having to let him study overtime now because he's having to study for a job um when he was covering the Longhorns on top of that he's having to watch the Big 12 network and what I didn't realize as a wife too really early on was that him watching football on TV was his job. Like, you know, <laughs> I really at first wanted to be like, do we have to watch football all the time? <laughs> yeah. But it's his job, you know? And I think that that was something that I had to learn as a wife that like, he's not like just ignoring me you see all these things about husbands that watch sports all day and ignore their wives. I'm like, he's actually working. Yeah. Like it's really work. And that was something that I didn't, it took me a while to, to grasp too. 
or they'll go on the iPad and look at the plays. Like they'll watch people in the same position. So it's like they watch it as a fan, like let's say as a fan, but then go back and study the film. Like you can find film, you guys, you can find film from all the different years. Like you can go way back with it. It's kind of wild. It's all cataloged. And they have to. That's the other part of it is you have to see tendencies and then you have to like, it's crazy. And once he became a sports like announcer, broadcaster, analyst. I'm sorry, I don't know his title. <laughs> to me being <laughs> He's a wife, everything. Right. Once he started doing that, it was really like, oh wow, like yeah. you have to to watch this stuff in different ways all the time. And me personally, I'm not a football fan and I wasn't when we met. So it's like, you know, I had to really get used to that. And so you were in a sorority and yeah. you you done all these I don't know if you like if you knew because you were like doing research about the gap between women of color who go out of the workforce and go back in. And that's like a huge part of this life, especially being a journeyman. You can't commit to a job because, hey, okay, bye. We're leaving. We can't I can't work here anymore. So how was that being somebody who was part of a sisterhood? I'm like all those ladies are on top of it and in the sororities, too. So that actually is what probably helped me a little bit more um, is I was able to actually get a job in admissions for our um, for our alma mater um, that was remote. Um, And so it's part time, but I was able to work in admissions reviewing admissions applications. So just kind of seeing who gets in, who doesn't seeing you know, how are we kind of rating college students? And so since my degree was in education administration, that's kind of part of the job. So I was able to stay, I was thankful to be able to stay in the workforce um, part-time um, every season. So I did that for four years. And so I had a little bit of um, education experience still under my belt. And that is something that I would highly recommend is especially now after the pandemic, um, I think women in the NFL are in a beautiful spot to be able to get a virtual part-time position in your field to just say, like, I did something. Mm-hmm. Like, just to be able to go, you'll still have the gap, you know, maybe, you, but I did something. And I think that there's something to say for that, for trying. And, I mean, example of this podcast, I've been doing, this is season three, like, I'm not making any money off of it, but like, I love talking to other ladies who are in the league, learning their experience, but also being able to say, Hey, I actually did something. I wasn't just sitting around doing the housework, whatever. I don't have kids. So I wasn't doing that. So just being able to do something, like you said, do something and like have that on your maybe unofficial resume and just be able to be excited about something and talk about something. Yeah. I, I'd imagine people are, would see some value in that at least. Absolutely. And I will say to, you know, staying home, it's hard, right? Mm -hmm. Staying home, raising your kids, it's hard. But I, for me, believe that for the majority of NFL ladies, we are, a lot of us have to go back to work. Um, The NFL is not, they say, you know, NFL not for long, right? For a majority of us, we're not going to make, you know, the $50 million contract. I (laughs) I hope and pray it over every one of these ladies that is still in there. I really, truly do. Um, I I was always excited when anyone got those big contracts. Mm -hmm. I absolutely am always. (laughs) But for a lot of us, we got to go back to work. (laughs) Um, We're not, you know, we're not set for life. Uh, We would love to, um, but we're just not. Um, at least also not at the standard of living that we grow accustomed to in the NFL. And so that leads to 
that burden of should I, I think for me, my perspective was we don't know if we're ever going to get a big contract. I'll work and try. And if by the grace of God, we made a hundred million dollars, I would stop. (laughs) (laughs) So please, please, please. But we're still open (laughs) right now. Still open on it. (laughs) Maybe they'll call him back. I know broadcasting, he's working all the time. I'm sure like there is no off season. Like there's always something to talk about. Right, 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 right. Um, And with that too, kind of, we we opened a gym. We opened January 24th. Um, And funny enough, I I kind of forgot to talk about that too. Um, Our franchise, I'm going to touch this again. (laughs) Our franchise is, um, it's called Burn Bootcamp. It actually started in Charlotte, North Carolina. I was a member there. And um, we met the owners because they're huge Panther fans. <laughs> Perfect. And so once I got back to Texas and I retired and I kind of missed the gym, like it was a smooth transition into saying like, hey, like I think we want to franchise one in Texas. And they were, yes, all the way, go for it. Like, you know, the brand, they love the Panthers, like let's do the thing. And so it was, it was nice to bring something from Charlotte that I missed back to Texas. So that's really cool. And I follow your Instagram page. So I see all of your posts and your fitness posts and like you working out and doing all this stuff and like training for, was it a a full marathon or was it a half marathon? I don't know what, what it it was a lot of miles. And I was like, how (laughs) is she doing this? Oh man. I think working out is what keeps me sane. Like period. Like (laughs) we have so much going on. Um, we haven't stopped the travel. My son, as soon as my husband retired, my son uh, started playing um, travel football. So okay. we went to the Pro Bowl, actually. He plays NFL flag circuit, so he just won the Pro Bowl tournament. He's on the number one nine U team in the nation. What? I didn't uh, know that existed. <laughs> I didn't either until I had a kid on the circuit. So yeah, we were at the Pro Bowl. We got to meet, you know, the Pro Bowl players and stuff. My son was super excited. His team was super excited. So we have not stopped traveling since my husband retired. So yeah, it, it you know, the grind never stops. <laughs> you're keeping that lifestyle then, moving all around. You, you're you putting your hand to your forehead, but you must be loving it, right? Like seeing your son be so excited. And I saw him on a clip that you posted him. I think it was a University of Texas game and he was he was answering questions from one of the guys and then your husband was laughing in the booth. Yes. My husband was in the booth. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this kid, what does he say? I mean, he's ridiculous. It was hilarious. It was adorable. Oh, it is adorable. And that is the other thing that getting to see my son, see my husband as a player and then getting to see him as a broadcaster and a working man. Um, I always say being a football mom to me was a thousand times better than being a football wife. And that is no knock on the football wife lifestyle. I loved it. But oh my God, seeing my son play and seeing him see his dad like in the booth and getting to kind of see other aspects of sports and seeing that his dad was able to transition in a way that I think they scare us kind of when we come in about the transition. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's they the do. same way still. Okay. Yeah. But I just remember in 2012, it was very like 30 for 30. Most players end up broke, like 50% of marriages end within like two years of retirement. Yeah. It was something crazy. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know the marriage thing. I did not know that. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. The stuff that I feel like they scare us. And so like, 
that's why on that post I commented, like, if you take advantage of everything the NFL is kind of throwing at you with this idea that football ends, you can be set in a different way. Um, I think a lot of people, unfortunately, do go into it with the idea that football and football money lasts forever. And I think that that's the sad part for me. That the lifestyle changes once you get in football and then it doesn't change once you're out of football. Like we are still, my boyfriend and I are still living like we don't have anything because we're, we're travel journey journeymen that's what it's called yes journeymen (laughs) because we're journeymen we're journey couple it's like people are like wow you guys are millionaires you fly you you fly commercial i i got one time i was like are you serious are you are you joking that's not my coach (laughs) actually i'm in the back of the plane where they assign my seat like i don't pay for a seat actually but like yes the football money is good the nfl money is good i say when you're on a team there's no guaranteed contracts y'all this year is actually a little bit different where people have kind of gotten to choose in a way where they want to go and like what contract to take but it's not like that like you gotta go who wherever they pick you up like you don't have any say and then say hey baby like we're going we're going to north carolina we're going to texas we're going to washington then you pick the kids up and you go you go whatever you gotta do hope you stay there and then that out I, I love to hear you know just your story and how y'all are living and that's that's really how we were um people are always surprised that our you know two-bedroom apartment uh and that we didn't buy houses in you know north carolina and all the things and it's just kind of like one having to pack up a house i couldn't imagine yes, when we left every year too like right. you don't know what's Twice gonna happen no, right <laughs> so um it just was like you know, what happens if you're spending all of this money, what happens when you have to like be off for a year? So you hear so many players that are like, they're not on a team. And if you don't have the money to sustain training for a year, you can't get back on a team. You know, people don't realize that training costs money too. Like, and so if we're cut and we're off a team for six months, we need to be able to live for six months until another team picks him up. Or he's going to have to go to work and not train. And then when a team calls him, he's not ready. Yeah. That's a great point, too. Like, I can look like, let's say I can look at something that's $500, like a jacket. Be like, oh, my, I would never buy a $500 jacket. And then he maybe has to go get a massage that's like $500, $600. But you're investing in your body. So I'm like, oh, that's not like, go. It's cheap. Do what you got to do. So you got to like figure out what's important. Obviously, it's their health. It's their body. It's their job. But just being able to look at $500 on a jacket, be like, ridiculous. And then $500 for like a massage. And be like, oh, yeah, that's so reasonable. That's great. Right. Oh, my gosh. Yes. The $500 massages. (laughs) But... But they're worth, no, the thing is, they're worth it. I didn't realize they were worth it until I got pregnant with my daughter. My hip was hurt and my husband got me one. And oh. I was like, you can have as many as you want. <laughs> this is a magic. When you're magic. really starting to hurt, I'm the person who like, I won't self-diagnose or anything. Like I, I was out my back. I was like walking slow and like this. And Chad's like, we're taking you to dry needling. This like, this has been a week and a half. And I did it. And I was like, wow. The next day I was like, I was so good. I wouldn't have yeah. done it myself. But he's like, fix yourself. Like, fix yourself. Don't just be sitting on the ground like, oh, I don't know what I need to do. It's like, yeah, <laughs> investing in your body is very important, especially if it's your job. But I don't know. Exactly. I, I don't prioritize my body as much. Like, even my dad would be like, Bryce, come and help me pick this up. This is his job. If he throws his back out, it's that's a problem. If you do it, you know, you're good. You're good. You're right. Like, Dad, really? Dad, I'm your daughter. 
you just met him a couple years ago. Like, where are your priorities right now? Right. Wait till you, if y'all decide to have kids, it's always like, well, I guess me and the kids will go sleep in another room so that you can wake up early for bed. <laughs> oh, yeah. He would definitely take the bed. He is in love with the bed every time because we didn't have all of our stuff here. We just moved all of our stuff out of a storage unit since 2018. And now we have like our nice helix that he actually got the first year and he's like oh he'll roll around it you know because we don't have to touch each other because it's so big but i always find a way to get to his side but you know a couple yeah, things that's i i didn't even think about that but yeah the money and the things that you need to uh rent for it i was just talking to nikki nikki jordan and she mentioned the arp i don't know if you know what the arp is and it's a very expensive machine that's supposed to work wonders i don't know what it does it's basically like giving you little shocks but it is very expensive to buy like tens of thousands of dollars oh wow and like if you're good you know about it and like you have it or you go to somebody and it's very expensive it's like there's so many little ends that even in the league you don't know about until you're like, yo, I got this problem. Like, how do I fix it? And like, oh, come, come here. I got the ARP. It's over here for $30,000. Yeah. Like, let's go get it. It's like, it's crazy. So, yeah, you you got to spend the money to to even prepare to make the money. Spend money. Yeah, we money. have those those Norma Tech boots that people are, yes. like, renting at cryo places. And then, like, I'll be, like, watching TV and my friend was like, I'll post it. My friend was like, you just have these boots? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I do. I just call them poofy legs because I like never knew what they're called. Like, are you doing poofy legs right now? Really? <laughs> are we gonna go do something? So you mentioned the gym. Tell me a little bit more about that. Like, I know you talked about how you got into it, how they were huge Panthers fans. You're like, oh yes, I have my in. But fitness seems like it's been a really big part of your life forever. And so, yeah. since you saw this opportunity, you're like, let's do it. Let's go. I'm excited. Yeah. So uh, one of the things that my husband said a long time ago, I, I feel like I will be remiss if I don't mention, I mentioned it everywhere. Um, I actually am diagnosed with anxiety and depression. Um, and so I see a therapist, I take medication, all the things. And so I actually struggled a lot in the NFL with kind of being away from home, mm. without the stability, with not knowing, you know, what was next. And so my husband kind of always kept me going. And he told me, you know, when I'm done, we will do your thing. Like, whatever your thing is, like, when I'm done, we'll do it and we'll be all in the same way we were all in the NFL. And so the gym is kind of that, like it's kind of the, my thing, it's the thing we did when um, he retired. Um, and so um, when I was in North Carolina, this is kind of like my, my stable place. They had child watch. Um, and so when you, when you move and you have kids, you don't always know who, who can watch your kids. Your family is not around, you're, all you have is other players' wives. And after a while in the NFL, especially if you're on a team, we're on the Panthers for five years, everyone starts to leave yep. um, from year to year. And so then with Burn Boot Camp, which was where I was, these people, these women, they live in North Carolina, right? These weren't transient women. These weren't journey women. These were people that were there. And every year that we came back, they were excited to see me. Um, they knew what my husband did and they knew when I would leave and they would know when the season's coming back and they would message me every, every year when he got a contract renewal and be like, Oh my God, awesome. You're going to be back at the gym. Right. They were very like supportive. It felt like my people. Mm -hmm. And so when we moved back home to Texas, I remembered that feeling of feeling out of place and feeling like I didn't have a home. Um, I also post a lot about being a black woman in going into different fitness places. You don't always know, like, is this place safe? 
Um, are the women going to look at me like, oh, I can't afford to be in the gym? Are people going to look at me when I'm dancing to the good music? Is there even going to be good music? <laughs> <laughs> the important problems, the important questions need to be answered. Right. And so I was just like, you know, having childcare was something that I felt like in a fitness space was what brought me to burn initially. And it kind of bonds people to be like, I am, my body just changed. I just had a kid. I have two kids. I want to work out, but I'm choosing right now to either leave my child at home or find a sitter to work out for myself, or I just don't. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of women in general, we're given a lot of these ultimatums about ourselves. Um, am I a mom or do I care about my appearance? Right. But knowing that working out and the endorphins that it gives can give us so much more than a physique. It can give us a mentality. Um, and so I really wanted to bring something that was kind of almost like therapy for me and a really hard time. I know people think the NFL is like always like butterflies and rainbows, but it was a lot of transition. Mm -hmm. um, it was very scary. Um, it was really anxiety driven. Um, something that brought my anxiety down and gave me the community that I was looking for, because you can't always find that on a team. And that's nothing about the women in the NFL. It's just when no one's stable, sometimes there's not the bond you want mm -hmm. um, or your friends move and now you're alone again. Um, and so I wanted to bring here something that I didn't, that I needed in North Carolina. And um, when I talked to my husband about it, I was like, I want community here for women the way that these women were community for me. And he literally, when I told him that, was just like, well, call them. <laughs> like, call them. See how much it is to bring one. And I remember being like, I thought I was going to have to sell this a little bit harder. <laughs> thought there was going to be a conversation. I was ready. <laughs> and he was like, no, man, I saw, like, you woke up every day excited to see these women, um, I, I want you to be able to bring to women um, what this community brought to you. And, and so we brought Burn Boot Camp to Cedar Park and we are um, hopefully doing that. We, you know, we get feedback that we are, <laughs> so we hope that we are, so. There's so many things that you said in there, how it's more than a physique, it's a mentality, how they think it's butterflies and rainbows, but really it's transition. And I haven't heard the NFL described with that word transition because it is because it's for the guys the guys have to go into a new building are they going to get released the next day which happens they get brought in and will be released days later potentially and then brought back again like it's not just us it's them it is all about transition and that's the like healthiest community you could be a part of you know like instead of going out to, i'd be like yo you guys want to go get brunch or mimosas or a bar or something so much better you're going in you bring your kids you can drop them off and get those endorphins flowing for you. So you don't just think, oh, I want to get skinny. I want to have the snapback bod. Like I want to feel good and be around like-minded women who want to just feel good and who want to lead a healthier lifestyle. Like that's, right. that's awesome. That's, that's the best thing you could do. Like working out is so much more than a physique when you really like get down to it. Definitely. Definitely. And then I think from my experience, the older I got in the NFL, um, when my husband kind of became a vet, um, there were certain women, and this is not all women. It's not even most women. I want to make sure I say that because I think people watch way too much TV. Mm -hmm. um, there were certain women that did feel like this was like, you know, a TV show or that we were 
going brunching and shopping. And the older I got, the more I was just like exhausted. <laughs> so no, no, like, no. I don't need any more. Right. No, I'm, I mean, I'll come to brunch. We'll go to the team events. But I have two kids at the house. Yeah. <laughs> like, I need, you know, people that understand just like the person side of me and not the football wife side of me. And I felt like sometimes I needed more stability with people that weren't around football. And that was just my story. Well, you need different things. Like, just like in different parts of your life, you need different things. Like, I, I reach out to everybody when we go to a new team. And then I look, and sometimes I'm a little bit hesitant. I'm like, okay, they're a mom. They have three. They have four kids. Like, they are busy. They do not want to meet some young kid who just got on the team. Like, they have better things to do. And not be like, okay, if they don't respond to me, like, they're being mean to me. It's just like, they're in a different phase. I'm in a different phase. I'm just trying to make friends and reach out. But like sometimes, like you said everybody is struggling so it's hard to give a lifeline when you don't even feel stable like maybe you're not the only one who feels that way maybe they all feel like that so right. i mean you just never know and just being under like getting together and doing workout classes i know is a big thing that the ladies do i don't like paying for workout classes so i don't go <laughs> i do youtube videos <laughs> stingy over here but yeah <laughs> it, like that's a great way to meet other women and just get the endorphins flowing and then maybe have a mimosa you know balance. right it's all about balance Exactly. Because I will say that even meeting some of those other women, and I really love what you're doing here with the podcast in general, um, just hearing women's stories and what they're doing, you get so many ideas about who you can be. Um, I remember, uh, I'm going to say her name, uh, Constance Love was actually on the Carolina Panthers with us. And she owned homes in Mississippi. They opened a Once Upon a Child. I think her husband bought her like a restaurant. This was all while they were like, yeah, like on the team. We would like feed the homeless together once a week. She would cook a home cooked meal, me um, and two other wives and her. She would get in her van and we would just go out downtown and, you know, feed the homeless just on our own. Just like super cool stuff that you realize like even some people, like she had three kids, like people are just like out here doing the thing like these women are out here being people too like i said earlier some people just watch way too much tv and they think all nfl wives are just i don't know like what do you what is that show is it nba wives football wives Isn't whatever it wags is just like wags, wags or something yeah something right like you know and it's like half of them aren't even married <laughs> like, oh but they're not on the oh, show, oh. yeah, no, if you actually, I mean, no, 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 on the show. I'm a girlfriend, I was going to say, I'm a girlfriend, well, so she can't really be Well, talking. I guess it is called WAG, <laughs> never mind, it doesn't even matter anymore, because I thought it was like NBA WAG, but I guess it's WAG, but it's like, I don't, I was a girlfriend for a long time, I'll just let you know, it was fine, I had a baby, everything, you know, it don't even matter, girl, everybody knows, it's fine, honestly, planning a wedding while they're playing was so hard anyway, <laughs> so I was like, everybody gets married like in April, in like yes, April yes. That's when all the weddings are. It's like, bro, you better have an April or June. I can't make it any other day. I can't make it April or June. That's it. So it was just, it, it was just like getting to know some of the ladies too really inspired me to like, I can own a gym. Like that's something I probably never would have thought. And then I met Constance who was super cool, super down to earth, who was like owning all of these things and like randomly dropping knowledge on me about like, you know, these are you know, multiple streams of income. So when we're done, we're set. Right. And so then I was like, you know, even if then I didn't realize it, like she was educating me mm -hmm. and like, just as a friend, she was like dropping all this knowledge. And then I came home and I was like, we gonna own a gym, multiple streams of income. 
Shout out to Constance Love, man. <laughs> I love that. And I also, you're making so many good points. Like, I have so many quotes just to pull from this. Um, you saying, like, yeah, there are some women who do the whole thing, like, who are the stereotype. And, and it's true, because I come on here and say, like, we're not all like that. We're not. But some are. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, if you, if that's what you want to do, go and do it. Like, do your thing. The only thing where I'm like, oh, like, hang out with me. Be nice to me, maybe, please. That, that's the only one when I'm, like, sad face. But you're allowed to be whoever you want to be. And, like, if you want to do that, go do that. Like, if you have the money and you want to hang out with people and dress a certain way, of course, more power to you. But it's just not all, it's actually not most of us. Which is it's really not most of us. I'm trying right. to, peg, like, bring home. This is not most of us. Yeah, no, like you said, it's not most of us, but, like, hey, it is what it is. Everybody's different. Just we all find our squad and we learn from each other too. Cause I won't say I'm not learning fashion tips from those girls. <laughs> I know the game day outfits. I'm trying to sip up my game even like this next year. Like I'm like, oh, I need my hair to be cuter. Like I want, some of them get makeup done. I okay. So my done. first year in Charlotte, everyone was like playing a makeup and stuff for Thursday night football. Um, and I remember being like, what is going on? Like, why, why are we like, getting dressed up and then i just wore like my my man's jersey or whatever he was at my husband at the time I just wore his jersey and some jeans or whatever and like the camera's all scanning and it's all like <laughs> you're on like national tv and like, i'm like this is why everyone's getting dressed yeah, <laughs> yeah. well also the videos too like selfishly like i want to look really good in these videos too like you're in a uniform if i just come here like all raggedy and like i want to look cute and be like oh look at me look at mom kids mama's cute too it wasn't just down on the field so I now i get it i get it I'm not good at makeup. I don't want to do it myself. I, I'm also a sweaty person, so it just prevents me from putting makeup on. I can only do here. My eyes, this this circle area where my eyes are is the only place I can put makeup on because your girl will be sweating it off because she's screaming. Just get you some lashes, girl. You'll be all right. Ooh, I got nice lashes, so I just do the waterproof better than sex mascara. I'm pretty oh, good I might to have go. to try that. Oh, it's, it's my favorite. <laughs> I, I always recommend it. But we're talking about you meeting other women in the league. I wanted to ask how do you think from what you hear and from your husband even being in broadcasting i'm sure so it's still very relevant and your son uh, i'm sure watching it how different does it seem from when you guys were in it like even the first year to the end and what it seems like now in 2021 this past season how has it changed i don't know um i do think that my husband went to league in 2012. i think y'all have so much more social media involvement um than we did when we first started out i think that y'all have to people find y'all a lot easier um wives are kind of put under wives and girlfriends are kind of put under a bigger microscope mm -hmm. than we were um when we kind of first started out which i think is is really hard kind of like you're saying y'all having to like or not having to, I don't want anyone to feel like they have to, but it kind of feels like that sometimes, right? It kind of feels like I want to be presentable mm -hmm. because the internet is so harsh. Um, you can say the wrong thing, you can look the wrong way, you can have a post on there from when you were 12 and everyone, it can just go viral so quick. Mm -hmm. I think that that is something that has changed a lot. Um, just looking back, I think for players even, players that are getting drafted, their Twitters are starting to get like scoped. Um, I remember, um, I hope it's okay that I use a name, you can edit it out if not. <laughs> I remember, I think it was like CD Lamb had like 
when he got drafted and his his girlfriend was sitting next to him, she like took the phone or something, or he took the phone from her, which was just like a two second like snippet of like nothingness that went viral. Like, oh, people are texting him. And it was just like, you don't know what's going on. Like his, like, you know, he just had a phone. They showed a camera and he took the phone from her because it was his. Like, who cares? Mother well takes the phone from me all the time. She could have been showing him <laughs> something, you know, like take mine. <laughs> like, who cares? Yeah, that phone thing I don't understand. Like, I don't know if I'll keep this in. But I have my guys instagram account hooked up to my phone because i need to check for partnership potential partnership deal like i'm not looking at his dms i'm just like hey we're letting this fly by like we, someone needs to be on this so Somebody i'm in there be on it because I, I know my husband doesn't he's like horrible on the internet oh, like really? you need to check these things you're right but that's where <laughs> i think the big difference is is just social media is so much faster okay it, it's I'm more of like a self-deprecating person. So I put videos out like I call I call myself out first, like, oh, the hot guy and his ugly, ugly a girlfriend. And I'll put like a gross photo of me because I've always been like, I'll do anything for a laugh. Like I and that's why he laughs. And he's like, what are you doing? Like, is this your own one man comedy show? Like he always like, is this a bit for your comedy show? Are you practicing right now? And <laughs> it's it can be like that. But not everybody is like that, though. Not everybody wants to make fun of themselves not everybody wants to invite this and I was just talking about this last episode some people are like well just don't look at the comments I'm like why am I hiding from my comment section on my profile it's your responsibility as an adult to not bring that negativity to somebody else's life like why do I have to monitor myself for the stupid things that come out of your mouth right right definitely I just don't understand that and you're right, seeing about the social media. And I forget, like, how new it is. And new being how it's so relevant now. Where there's, like, you need to watch what you're doing. There's potential partnerships. It could be extremely lucrative if you pay attention to it. But it's, like, that's not their priority, obviously. Playing football is their priority. So and you, this even ties back to saying, like, preparing yourselves for after football. Sometimes it's hard because they don't think about it. I know from experience, the people I'm around, like, you're focusing on football. The whole year is football. So it's like, when do you have time to do something? But your husband being able to like step back and be like, all right, I'm going to use this time even before the NFL. I'm going to use this time and better myself and prepare myself for after football is like such a great perspective to have before even going to and being into the league. And not a lot of guys do that. I don't think they think to do that or they don't think they can do that. So it's very impressive. Right. I think that from my perspective, what I've seen is a lot of, I feel like a lot of guys, what they hear is, what happens if you don't go to the league? What are you going to do if you don't go to the league? Right? And I think that guys get this like chip on their shoulder, right? Mm -hmm. If I don't go to the league, like, well, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna prove you wrong, right? And so that's why I do like to frame it as what happens after football. Because after football could be after high school football if you don't get drafted. I mean, if you don't go to college. After football can be after college. After football can be after a few years in the NFL. When we frame it as what are we going to do after football, we frame it as though football ends at, and not like you won't make it. And I think that, and this is part of my diversity and education kind of background, is like it, it matters because it shows kids that you believe that they can play football but that there's something after and they have enough they have enough in them to be more than football 
And I'm not saying like plan for if you don't get drafted because no one wants to plan for that. And honestly, if you, the way I see it is if you plan not to get drafted, you ain't getting drafted. Because baby, you need to think that that, you got to put it all, you got to be all in. And so plan for after. Whenever after comes, there's something on the end of that. Words matter. Words definitely matter. And I don't think people realize that. They know how the words make them feel, but I don't think everybody knows how to make what words to use to make somebody feel a certain way. Like I always say this, like body positioning, all that stuff matters. Everything you're saying, I like you are just blowing my mind the way you're talking about this stuff. Like I have never thought of it that way because it's true because you get a little defensive. What about if you don't make it? And then automatically you're like, I'm not going to think about that. I'm going to make it because you're defensive. You're not, oh, after football, whenever I choose to like finish football, it's a, it's a choice. It's a personal choice. Not you aren't good enough. You're not going to make it. I don't believe in you, which is what those words are saying when you form it. Right. Oh my gosh. There's, there's so much to unpack. I could go into this for, I'm going to be talking to Chad be like, Oh my gosh, you just laid all of this knowledge on me for after football stuff after football. Not if you don't make it to five years, not if you don't make it to six years. Cause yeah, it could apply to anything. It could apply. Like you said, high school, it could apply. Are you going to go to a seventh year? Do you want to go to the seventh year? How does your body feel? Are you broken down? Cause being able to walk away from it and choose to walk away from it is such an amazing thing that not every guy gets to do. And being able to make that choice and not feel scared. Yes. Scared for you, scared for your future. You're young. Like, are you going to have your health? Are you going to be able to throw a ball with your kid? Like, how many surgeries do you need after the league? All very right. serious things to think about. Definitely. That's Time is getting away from me. I just looked down. I didn't realize how long we've been, ta- <laughs> how long we've been talking. So I, I do want to ask like a couple more questions just because of you guys were able to utilize everything in the league. Is there anything that you wished you had taken advantage of while in the league mm-hmm. that you did, maybe just didn't know about or were like, oh, no, I'll do it later or just never did? I think tapping into the player association, um, their conferences and their mm-hmm. classes that they offer players. I think that if I think that if we would have utilized those, we would have been a little bit more prepared to even open a business because I know that they have some entrepreneurship things. They have um, things that they send you out to and pay for. Um, and so I do think that following the PA and getting with your your reps and seeing what opportunities they can give you, I think that's something we could have utilized a lot more. I think also if somebody... Because if somebody doesn't tell you, sometimes it's hard. And even if you're a smaller player, like somebody might not get back to you. So I will right. say, like, even if you try, you're like, oh, I will do this. Maybe they're not going to help you out. So Right. And every team has a, a PA rep. And so getting to know who that rep is on your team. And a lot of times it is someone that has a bigger name that maybe they can reach out than to the player rep on your team can reach out to the actual NFL PA and somebody will get back to them. Okay. That's really, that's really smart. Okay. I like, there's so many people that I would like to reach out to personally, but I obviously don't have any access to them as a girlfriend. So, um, so I'm going to ask you two final questions to sum up this, this podcast, this episode of knowledge that you are bestowing on me. So one of them would be what, or what is your overall experience in the league? How has it been? How would you sum it up? It was a blessing. Um, I think that that is the best way to describe it. I think I grew a lot. I learned a lot. Um, it allowed me to find who I was as a person, what my, my values were, 
what I needed to thrive, um, what my marriage needed to thrive, what I felt like I wanted to give my kids. I think that it was just definitely an overall blessing because while we're talking about, you know, how I stay connected and work and I was able to have the privilege and the freedom to work when I wanted to work, where I wanted to work, raise my kids in a way that I wanted to, that I believe that a lot of people in general don't get. Think that with the way things are now, you graduate college, you get a job and you work eight to five or nine to six or whatever people work and everything's just go, go, go. And while the NFL is so fast, it still gave me the privilege to to slow down even a little bit and say, these are my values. Um, I don't have to take a job I don't want. I don't have to put my kids in a school I don't want them in. Um, I can pull them whenever I want because I'll pay the cancellation fee. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Go somewhere else. <laughs> um, so it was just really a blessing to learn myself. I was able to really, to really find myself um, with the time we were able to have an NFL. I like that you get, you do get the time, the time to find yourself, whether that be you moving, you have time to think, you have time to think you're free, even though that's a stressful thing in itself. It is. You do have the time. Uh, and then the last question, the most important question I will ask you this whole episode, what would one piece of advice for a rookie wife or girlfriend be? Don't get caught up in what your man is doing. And that can be from the worst possible scenario you could think of <laughs> or it can be from you know him being some big star i think that women like learn who you are and be who you are don't get caught up in being who you think you're supposed to be i like that Sh short and simple i like that because <laughs> i mean it, it's all summed up into that too like if you're trying to come in here, nobody wants to be surrounded by by somebody who isn't being genuine. That's right. not somebody that another person wants to surround themselves with. Exactly. And ultimately, you want to come out of this experience with a sisterhood. You don't want to leave exactly. with people knowing your name but not liking you. Exactly, exactly. Definitely. <laughs> that's not where it's at. So we talked all about your life in the league, what you did in the league. You found yourself and you found that you loved fitness and you wanted to bring it to Texas. We talked about how the NFL is about transition, transition, a word I've never heard the NFL described as. And then you gave us one piece of advice and told us what we should be looking out for after football, not if we don't make it to a sixth year. So thank you very much, Jasmine, for coming on and talking to me about everything after football. Well, thank you, Bryce. Really appreciate you. Good luck with your podcast. I think you're doing a great job. I'm super proud of you and I don't even know you. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> thank you for listening to episode 30 of the NFLDs podcast with guest Jasmine Whitaker. My intro and outro music called Not Ready Yet is written, produced, and sung by my friend Kira Grove. Again, my name is Bryce Watts and I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.